We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for August 23rd, 2009. And Taylor just brought up a quick question. She said, for somebody that wouldn't believe, that says there's no validity behind any of the alien stuff, well then where does it come from? I mean, in other words, is it just a mass aberration of people are all getting the same mass aberration in their mind worldwide, that, and there's no validity to it whatsoever, and nothing will ever come. It just, it's kind of crazy if you look at it that way. Um, because obviously there's an agenda behind this, and obviously Satan is behind this agenda. So just something more to think about. Uh, going further with this article, the next part says, Such is the nature of deception. To be more believable... It adapts itself to fit in with the contemporary cultural beliefs. These UFO sightings, I believe is what they're in reference to. Strange flying objects and apparitions have been recorded in historical records for hundreds of years. For example, North American Indian legends have legends of flying canoes, and multiple sightings appeared as, as airships in the late 1800s. Whether they were perceiving them to be flying canoes, or whether that was something that kind of got lost in the translation, it's hard to say, but... Um, from the 1940s onwards, they have been appeared to be a shiny craft to appeal to the more rocket-savvy culture. In other words, is Satan giving us what we want to see? Is what they're, the point they're trying to make here. Uh, what I did with this article is I went in and he had a Bible verses, some Bible verses. I expanded the Bible verses and I also made sure they were all KJV. So when you go to the PDF, I translated, I changed them all over to KJV translation. Most of the people that talk about this don't have any comprehension of the King James Bible being the Word of God. And if you have any doubts of that, just key in King or King James in the keyword search box on either contendingfortruth.com or um, uh, the uh, Sermon Audio homepage that I mentioned under Scott A. Johnson. I've done several teachings on that. So, 2 Thessalonians 2, 7-12. through 12. We've already touched on this today, but I'll read it. This says, now this is regarding the falling away of, of um, humanity and Christians. It's regarding the strong delusion. It's regarding when the Antichrist is going to be revealed. It's regarding a lot of different things, this particular chapter. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 7 through 12 says, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Okay, so when this restraining force is taken out of the way, um, the mystery of iniquity is going to really abound. And, and then it goes on to say, And then that wicked, capital W, shall be revealed. This is the Antichrist. Well, how do we know this? Because the Bible says, then says, Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. When he comes back at the Battle of Armageddon, he's going to have, the sword of the Spirit is going to be in his mouth. That is the primary weapon that Jesus Christ uses. The primary offensive weapon is the sword of the Spirit. When he dealt with the Satan in, in the wilderness, he quoted Scripture. Okay? And um, the Bible says that the, the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Okay? Uh, we're going to get into some of those Bible verses. And the Bible talks about the sword of the Spirit in Ephesians 6, which is the Word of God. So that's what we're talking about. You want to make sure you have the right... You want to make sure you have the sword. Okay? 
which would be the King James Bible. Uh, then going further, so, and then that wicked shall be revealed, the Antichrist, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, this is the Antichrist, with all power and signs and lying wonders. These lying wonders, I mean, think about it. What, what lying wonder does it seem like we're being set up to accept more than any other? Doesn't it kind of seem like it would be this whole UFO alien agenda thing? What other greater lying wonder does it seem as though we're being set up for? What could be beyond that? I don't know of anything. More from a lying wonder standpoint. I'm not saying it's the only deception, but I'm saying it's probably going to be one of the main ones. Okay? And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, why? Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Now, primarily... For you're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I've done a whole teaching on salvation that you can access. Um, really on YouTube, contendingfortruth.com, sermon audio. Okay, That has to be the cornerstone, salvation. Okay, But then it goes on to say, And for this God, cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie. God's going to be sending the strong delusion. He's permitting this to happen. Well, God wouldn't do that. He's a God of love. Well, he's also a God of judgment. And I think his patience is just about worn out regarding <laughs> most of humanity. Okay? Because we're not getting any better. In and of ourselves, we haven't just, as humanity, woke up one day and said, you know what, I really want to serve God, and I, I want to I do the right thing. We haven't done that. We've done the exact opposite. Okay, so humanity's just not going to wake up one day and just finally decide, you know what, we want to serve God, and we want to be holy. And we... No, it's not going to happen. For the most part, it is not going to happen. The Bible says, broad is the way which leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go thereat. Narrow is the way which leads to life eternal, and few there be that find it. Okay, so, this is part of God's judgment on a planet where we've had over a billion abortions in the last hundred years. That's probably the primary thing that's brought judgment on us. And then we've got sodomy and homosexuality and all that stuff, and bisexuality and transsexuality rampant. Had a transsexual email me the, the, the other day and proudly proclaim how she loves everybody and how I'm a bigot and, and a homophobe and all these other things that, that uh, she was calling me. I don't know if it was a man or a woman. She went by Anne, but she said she was transgendered or, or transsexual. I'm like, oh, okay, so you're, are you a man that dresses up as a woman or are you a woman that dresses up as a man? Which one? I mean, I, I, you know, I don't even have time to debate with people like that. But she was boldly proclaiming how God loves her and that she can do whatever she wants. And you know, I send them the Bible verses and, and the obvious things. I've got a lot of, I've got an attachment. I send them, and um, you know, they can't refute it. It's it's <laughs> it's black and white. But anyway, uh, but somebody like that is already under the strong delusion. They've invented their own religious belief system. 
that has nothing to do with the Bible. You know, now a lot of these watered down Bibles that have removed, like the NIV, for instance, has removed sixty four thousand and ninety eight words from the King James. Sixty four thousand ninety eight. That's almost ten percent of the total text. That's almost a tithe of the whole of a tenth of the Bible. Hmm. Was that of God? They took ten percent of the Bible out there. There's whole verses missing in, in the NIV. King, King James on the uh, keyword search box of Sermon Audio, and you can access the PDF I have, and you'll see the King the NIV Bible quiz, where it gives you all these Bible all these verses to look up in your NIV, and when you go to look them up, they're not even there. <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> it literally will skip the verse. It'll go like you know from verse 15 to verse 17, and they'll skip 16, but they just don't say anything. They don't make a big deal out of it in, in the thing. Yeah, that's of God. Yeah, When the Bible says every word of God is pure, and that the words of the Lord are, you know, <laughs> pure words, as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times, thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this day forever. You know, that was Psalm 12, 6 and 7. Forever, O Lord, thy words are settled in heaven. Thy words are a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So I guess that's why we should go and remove a whole bunch of them. You know, and then the Bible talks about in the end of Revelation that if you remove, you remove the words out of the book of this prophecy, I'll remove your part out of the book of life. Not really something I really want to be messing around with. I'm sorry. I just call me crazy, but I don't want to mess around with that. I don't know. Anyway, um, but anyway, so if we go further. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they might all be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. See, if you take pleasure in this, and a lot of these occultists do, they take pleasure in believing that they evolved from a rock, or that our space brethren came here, millions of years ago and through the ancient astronaut theory created us and they're our creators. See, they had pleasure in believing that unrighteousness. They had pleasure in believing, oh, we just want the aliens to come because they're really our good they're they're really our good buddies and they're really here to help us and assist humanity in their next evolutionary leap. That's having pleasure in unrighteousness. The people that are that are that are wanting Maitreya to make his big grand debut. They might all be damned who believe not the truth. What is truth? The Bible says, thy word is truth. The word of God is truth. Tell people, don't follow me. I'm not, I'm not having, you know, the Scott Johnson cult start here. I'm not, that's not what I'm about. I don't want you to follow a man, whether it be me or anyone else. Follow what the word of God says. You can, you can verify what I'm talking about here. Okay, but um, follow the Lord Jesus Christ through his word. And these people have pleasure in unrighteousness. And that segment of the population is going to grow and grow and grow. Now, the appeal to the senses can be overpowering for the, quote, experiencer or the abductee or the person that is channeling these alien entities, whether they're channeling an ascended master, whether they're channeling a gray alien, whether they're channeling a Nordic, or whatever devil spirit they're channeling, their appeal to the senses can be overpowering. 
I was listening to uh, George Norrie last night. And I'm not telling you to be a George Norrie listener either, okay? By any stretch of the imagination. He interviews more high-level kook whack jobs than anybody I've ever seen. Okay, these people are high-level occultists. These are people that are doing remote viewing, astral projection. The The subject last, or two nights ago, was the Crystal Skulls, which I've done a teaching on the Crystal Skulls, 2012, Planet X, Nibiru. You can keyword search that out, too. We've got to have answers for this stuff. I mean, we don't have to, but I think it behooves us to have them. We can give an answer for the faith that, that is within us, the hope of glory. I mean, we can, we, can, we can reconcile these things with the Bible and actually be able to have intelligent conversations with people that believe this stuff as opposed to isolating ourselves and coordinating ourselves off and not being able to reach those people because that is their belief system. It's just like if you were to go out and learn the inner workings and all of the demonic workings of the Jehovah Witness churches or the Mormons. It's no different. Now, I've done studies on them, Scientology. Many people would have no problem wanting to, let's say, dialogue with a Scientologist or a Mormon or Jehovah Witness or a Catholic regarding the false premises of their religious system and using the Bible to do it. But they won't touch this subject, which has to do with one of the greatest things, the greatest deceptions that are coming down the pike, which relates to evolution, which relates to our origins, who actually created us? This is a religious belief system. No different, actually more insidious than the other cults I just mentioned. But there's there's not a lot of Christian ministries that will even dare touch this stuff. A lot of them won't touch it because they're afraid they're going to get their 501c3 status revoked and they won't be able to get benefits from the government and the Internal Revenue Service they won't be able to get those subsidies anymore. The people won't be able to write it off on their taxes. You know, the heart's in the right place, though, you know. Got to give them that. Nothing else. Sorry. Uh, so, the appeal to the senses can be overpowering for an experiencer. In an experiencer meaning an abductee, somebody who's channeled these things, somebody who's been whatever. They are led to believe that they have been subjected to an overwhelming, revelatory truth. Meaning this is revelation to them. This is more real to them than the Bible or God because they've never seen God. And the Bible is just made by men, right? Well, supernaturally, through the Lord Jesus Christ. I have an attachment I sent out called the Law of Probability, which goes through the just the 30 prophecies that were fulfilled on the day Jesus Christ died. And his death is a historical fact. And this is what the zeitgeist tries to attack. I've done several teachings on the zeitgeist as well to try to, well, easily debunkable, but you can key those up. Just, it really, even if you do a keyword search on the internet, uh, when I was researching the Grenada Treaty, my teaching on it came up as like the fifth um, on all the internet. So they're, they're moving up there uh, in the search engine rankings. So praise the Lord, you know. Whatever the Lord wants to do with them, I pray he just uses them for his glory. So, this overwhelming revelatory truth that these people experience. This is why people like Paul Heller and Jimmy Carter have become, quote, true believers. Scripture helps us to explain such seeming mysteries. 
And it tells us that the very first deception occurred with Adam and Eve way back when the world was new. They were, they were led astray by an evil angel, well actually an evil cherub, because the Bible calls was Lucifer was the anointed cherub that covereth. He wasn't an angel. He was an angelic being, but he wasn't what we would consider an angel like uh, Michael or um, Gabriel. He was a different classification. Seraphim, cherubim, and, and angels. And then they had different rankings. And I, Most likely, Satan was the highest ranking cherub in all heavens. Okay, So, uh, going further, it's the same age-old battle that is occurring today. The purpose of deception is to create doubt in the truth that God has given us. And this is why Satan said, Yea, hath God said. What was the first thing he did to get Eve off track? He questioned the word of God. What does the alien agenda do? Questions the word of God. Oh, you didn't... No, 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 no. You got it all wrong. Jesus, he's one of us. That's what they'll tell you. He's just one of us. He's an ascended master. And you've misinterpreted it. The Bible is just a book written by men. And we created you millions and millions of years. You're our little science project. This is what they're being told. And at the core of what intelligent design teaches, that's what they're also being told. So just key an intelligent design on the internet or on Sermon Audio or YouTube, Scott Johnson, and you'll find the teachings I've done. Uh, intelligent design literally at its roots teaches the ancient astronaut theory that the aliens were the ones that were our creators. It doesn't teach God did it. I prove it. So, so many Christians that are getting behind the intelligent design, they have no idea that they're actually being used of Satan to propagate this. You've got to check way deep into something if you're going to commit to that stance. So, Ephesians 10-18 through 18 reminds us, now again, this is how you battle these things. This is how, this is, remember, we battle not against flesh and blood, and that's what we're going to look at here. We're looking at this, you can look at this um, mistakenly as a physical thing, oh, we're just dealing with these physical alien entities, it's a spiritual battle. This is demonic. So, this is how we actually deal with this problem. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles, like he's scheming against you. He's trying to deceive you, his wiles. So what do we do? We put on the whole armor of God that we're able to stand against this deception, against these deceptive attacks that he'll put against us. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We, we battle against the demonic presences or the fallen angelic presences represented by these so-called aliens that would like you to think that they're from, you know, Zeta Reticuli, like the Greys say, or wherever, or Draconius, or whatever star system they say they're from. Somehow that makes it more palatable and more... Like, oh, wow, you know, the Bible doesn't have any validity because, look, they're from these ancient star systems. Well, that's all part of the deception to get you to believe that. We, we battle this by putting on the whole armor of God. Why? Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, and, and this is wicked 
principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of the world, spiritual wickedness in high places. There's different rankings in the satanic hierarchy, in other words. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, it says it again, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. So you stand against this. Now, if you turn tail and run, you'll notice that the armor that you put on, there's no protection on the back, other than maybe the helmet of salvation. But if you turn tail and run, you know, you're putting it on the breastplate of righteousness, your loins girded with truth. This is all armor that's on the front. You stand against this. You don't turn tail and run regarding this. But unless we do this, how are we going to withstand in the evil day? Stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth. What is truth? Thy word is truth. Okay? And having on the breastplate of righteousness. You know, these are attributes we should strive to live by. Truth. Righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, putting out the gospel. Trying to get people, you know, saved through, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Verse 16, above all, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Well, the Bible says that we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked if we take up the shield of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1 1. Without faith, it is impossible to please God and faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I recommend people, uh, particularly, you know, I have, right now in the room we're in, I have a, a, a CD player that plays 24-7. The, I have the book of Revelation in there. 24-7. It's at a low level, okay? But it's always playing in, you know, some part of where I'm at, in the house or whatever. And I figure it sure can't hurt. Revelation reminds the devils and demons and fallen angels where they're going. They don't like hearing that very much. So, And it's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the Bible says that my word will not return void, but it will accomplish all that I've set it forth to do. So, um, it's one of the things I tell people they can do and, um, you know, can only help. <laughs> so, if we go further, uh, Let's see. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. So the helmet of salvation, got to be saved to put on the, the armor of God. You can't be unsaved and uh, put on the armor of God. And then the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now these are these are our weapons of warfare. These are, I mean, the sword of the Spirit is really the only offensive weapon. The other ones are more defensive. Okay, But, uh, very clear, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Make sure you're reading the right Bible. Don't be going out there quoting NIV to the devil. Or ESV or whatever version that you've got. Use the King James Bible. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So we should be praying for others as well. Hebrews 4.12, going into more what the Word of God is, it says, For the Word of God is quick, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, the Bible just said in Ephesians 6.17 that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. 
but the word of God is actually sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Jeremiah 23, 29, I love this verse, is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. That's a verse you could literally quote to these entities. But do you believe it? That's the thing. You can't just quote scripture and not believe it. It's not like some little formula, well, I just say this and this happens, like a genie coming out of a bottle. You've got to have faith behind whatever you're saying in order to please God, in order for that to really be the sword of the Spirit, properly. Okay? 2 Corinthians 10.3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, meaning we're in a physical body, we do not war after the flesh. Meaning we don't go out there and take, you know, a literal sword and try to hack people up. Okay, that's not scriptural. For the weapons of our warfare, as a Christian, are not carnal. Meaning they're not fleshly. That's what the word carnal means, like fleshly. You ever hear of chili con carne? It's chili with meat in it. Okay, that's what carnal means. Carn Carnivals? Well, you go there to get your flesh satisfied at a carnival. That's, you know, I'm not big on that stuff. <laughs> I used to kind of be, but I'm not. I, I just think we got to be real careful what we what we tend to might tend to fall in love with in the world. Um, anyway, for our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. These are spiritual strongholds we pull down. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted, exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Isn't that what we're talking about today here? These aliens, or, or these supposed lying demons and devils and fallen angels that are posing as these aliens are just coming and they're exalting themselves against the true knowledge of God. What they're saying is contrary to what the word of God says. How we were actually made. How God made us. And then it goes on to end by saying, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Uh, next verse, and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I believe that has to do with righteous indignation. Be ye angry and sin not. Okay, because, you know, it's hard to not be angry when you see the rampant attack against the Lord and His Word and His saints and, you know, all of the wickedness that goes on in the world. But this readiness to revenge all disobedience can only be fulfilled when your obedience is fulfilled. You need to be obedient to the Lord and His Word in order to revenge, have a readiness to revenge all disobedience. And it's not done like, oh God, thrust them all down to hell that they may rot there forever and, and, and get them out of my face because I don't want to deal with them. There is a concept of imprecatory prayers. But in, in imprecatory prayers, and I did a whole study on this, like Psalm 64, I think, being a great example. Psalm 91 is a great example. Okay, where the Bible says in Psalm 64 that, but God shall shoot at them, meaning the wicked, with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded. Now remember, God's do, the one doing the shooting, not, not the man. Okay, 
but God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded, so they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away, and all men shall fear, fear God, and declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. See, our motivation for God judging wickedness is that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of God's doing. And then it says, the righteous shall be glad and the Lord shall rejoice and all the upright in heart shall glory. So, it's an encouragement to the Christians that builds their faith up when God judges wickedness or wicked people. And it's a wake-up call to the wicked that they better change their ways. If the wicked are never judged and they just go on sinning and they never change, well, then all they're going to do is go to hell. And all they're going to do is try to take as many people to hell with them, whether they're conscious of that or not. So I don't really see a lot of benefit in that. Whereas if God judges wickedness, it's always a positive benefit. When Ananias and Sapphira were, were um, killed uh, by God in the book of Acts, the result was many were, were uh, many Christians, the fear fell on the camp, many Christians were converted, or many people were converted to Christianity, many people got saved. It was a very positive thing. Again, see in precatory prayers, or Psalm 64, uh, was the topic that would be under. So, going further, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. See, a lot of this, a lot when you bring this study up of aliens and UFOs, I really believe there's a spirit of fear that has pervaded most of the church about this subject. Fear of the unknown, fear of, oh, I can't explain this with the Bible. I, I believe they're afraid the Bible's wrong. Because, well, I don't see little green aliens in the Bible, and if this is true, that means the Bible's not. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I've hopefully explained that in all the other studies I've done on UFOs and Nephilims and all these things. It, it can easily be reconciled with the Bible. But if you're never taught about it, it might seem as though the Bible stands silent on this point. It doesn't. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I'm not here to bring fear to you. I'm here to bring encouragement to you. I'm here to try, hopefully try to build your faith so that when the evil day comes, you're going to stand and not run. I want you to be aware of the deception so that you're not destroyed for lack of knowledge as Hosea 4.6 warns about. That my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And then it goes on to say, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee and thou shalt be a priest to me no, no more and I will also reject thy children. So if you, as like, let's say, a man, learning this information, scared to death about it, doesn't want to hear it, doesn't want to accept it. All this stuff starts to go down as we've talked about in all these other studies. And he falls away. He's rejected knowledge. He's rejected, you know, granted, the ultimate knowledge that you don't want to reject is salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm talking about somebody that, you know, refuses to, uh, refuses to go into this and, and refuses to look at this at all. And this great deception comes and he falls away. Remember, the Lord's going to try us all. The Bible talks about that, you know, that we're going to be tried as silver. And when silver is tried, it burns the dross off. You have to heat it up to try it. 
Okay, or as gold is refined in the fire, which is the trial of our faith. Because so our faith needs to be grounded in the Word of God. Going further, Luke ten seventeen, and the seventy returned again, meaning the seventy Jesus Christ had sent out. They returned again with joy, saying, "Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through Thy name." Very, very important. Through Thy name. Do we still have that same authority today? I, I believe absolutely we do. We still have that same authority. Are we powerless as Christians? Come on. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. It's through Christ. You have to just make sure you have the order right. It's not through yourself. Luke 10.18 says, And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. That's what Jesus' response was. Behold, I give unto you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions. And I believe he's really in reference to the demonic realm. Serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Who is the enemy? Satan. Okay. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. This is the attitude we need to have if we're dealing with these pure pure wickedness and evil. Going on, he says, notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are that the spirits are subjected unto you, are subject unto you. And meaning these demonic Spirits, these devils are actually subject to us through the Lord Jesus Christ as the power that we possess as a born-again Christian with the Holy Spirit living inside us. But it also is in proportion, I believe they're subject to us in proportion to our faith. If we hardly have any faith or if we have no faith we can actually deal with these entities, then they're not going to be subject to us, subject to us. He says, but don't rejoice in that, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Well, amen. Now, 1 John 3.8 says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's That's why he said he came here. The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, he accomplished that primarily through his finished work on the cross. Okay, Uh, But if we're supposed to be like him, then he might destroy the works of the devil. Praise the Lord. So, we just need to, we need to be operating in this type of faith because it's going to get darker and darker in the days coming. I have something coming up, potentially, um, soon. And I'm not going to say how long. I might talk a little bit more about it next week. I'd have you pray about it. It's coming up uh, the full moon of next month. That a place I may be going to where it would be a extremely high level of wickedness that uh, myself and another Christian listener would be confronting. And as you know, I've said in the past, this is one of the things I do. I go around, I try to find the most wicked places I can go, where witches, warlocks, all kind of occult, manifestations may be happening. I go to those places and I claim them back for the Lord because the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein. I'm just sick of seeing Satan getting getting credit and instilling fear in all of these peoples, including the uh, people that call themselves Christians. I'm so sick of it. I mean, you've got 
Hollywood perpetuating it, that the witches and the warlocks, and then Harry Potter, and then all these video games, and the media, and the movies. How are they portraying Christians? They normally don't even portray them. If they do, they'll throw in a Catholic priest here and there. And, or they'll, and, and then what they'll do is they'll, they'll have their paranormal, or their occultists, or their witches, or their warlocks glorified, which glorifies Satan, and saying these are the ones that really have the power. They're the ones that can go about doing mighty exploits and working, and there's good and there's bad witchcraft, and that's the true battle. It's all a lie straight from the pit of hell. And I, for one, am sick of it. And I believe God's called me to actually physically go to these places and deal with this through the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. And um, I'm not going to say any more about that right now, but uh, I'll, I'll know more probably next week. I would say to pray about it. It would be September 6th of next month. And uh, I just want to see the Lord get glorified. I want to see the Lord Jesus Christ get glorified. That's what I want to see. I mean, all these guys, particularly you know, George Norrie, the number one internet talk show, you know, he just interviewed Benjamin Krem. Now, I'm not saying I listen to George Norrie. I maybe listen to him once every couple weeks. Because they're like, Benjamin Krem might be under somebody like these crystal skulls. And I mean, the, the crystal skull thing that I mentioned earlier, I mean, you know, it's one high-level New Ager occultist after another coming on there saying, oh, this one skull grants you your wishes, or it tells you how to get whatever you want. And this skull heals people. And this, and what we need to do is bring them all together. Because collectively, then this collective knowledge is going to start cross-combining, and then we'll find more skulls. It's, it's lunacy. But these things are incredibly demonic. Incredibly evil. And yet, they're viewed by all of these high-level occultists as these wonderful, wonderful things that are going to potentially save humanity. We're looking to crystal skulls now to save humanity, a large sect of the population. The Bible says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That's exactly what they're doing. And that's exactly what most occultists do. They call something that's patently evil and forbidden in the Bible. Witchcraft was punishable by death in the Old Testament. It was a death sentence. So it was sodomy and homosexuality and, you know, killing your child as well. It was all death sentences in the Old Testament. And they're glorifying it. That's what normally goes on. I'm sorry, in George Norrie's interviews, they're glorifying witchcraft at one level or another. I'm just sick of it. <laughs> I've had to hear with it. It's 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 time, I believe, that that Christians really are going to either either they do it now before things have really gotten bad. In one way, shape, or form, we're all gonna if 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 the Lord doesn't take us out soon, we're going to be forced to confront this. And we want to know how to confront. We want to bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't want to sit back and in and, and, and fear and let the devil get an advantage of us. For we are ignorant of his devices. So going further, this next article is from a... I'm looking at the banner. And it's entitled, European Exopol 
Exopolitics Summit of 2009. Now, remember what I defined exopolitics as previously? It's the dialogue that a lot of high-level politicians and a lot of high-level people and a lot of UFO people are saying this dialogue we need to actively enter into with these alien races in order to save Mother Gaia, essentially. It's called exopolitics. They just had a gigantic, huge conference on this. It's called the European Exopolitics Summit of 2009. It was in Barcelona, Spain. It was called A New Paradigm for a World in Crisis. See, Satan creates the crisis so that we have to go to him and get the answer. That's how he wants it to be. Okay, God's allowing it. This was on July 25th and 26th. I'm reading right exactly from their website. And it says, European Exopolitics Summit 2009, on the 25th, 25th and 26th, which is past, obviously, of July, there will be an event. Now, you can go up on the internet and watch the videos here. You would just key in European Exopolitics Summit 2009, probably in YouTube. And, uh, in fact, I want to watch one of the guys up there that spoke, I really want to listen to, because I want to see what he he says. He's a guy that has a big, long ponytail. He's, he's probably in his 70s. But, um, you know, I believe they've had some serious experiences, many of these people. And he came out of uh, the military as well. And they're very sincere, but they're sincerely deceived. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It seems right to them. Their experience is very real to them, but they're being deceived. So, this event will mark a milestone in Spain that will set the president in Europe. It will be an occasion in which the leaders and proponents of disclosure of the extraterrestrial presence by the world governments, European as well as U.S., will meet in a historic summit in Barcelona. Now, the reason I'm telling you all this is to, is to let you know this isn't some fringe little thing. I've given you how many quotes now from presidents. I've given you how many quotes from high-level military. Now they're actually having these exopolitics summits. I'm actually on... Um, an exopolitics email list where they report on a daily basis all the advances being made toward disclosure. Obviously, they're not Christians. But I like to keep an eye on them. Right now, we're this is from the website, and I give you the link here right on the PDF. Right now, we're in a moment of deep transformation in planetary awareness in which big changes are taking place, and many more are yet to come. Any transformation that's important entails hard to avoid a profound crisis, a hard to avoid profound crisis. In this crisis, without a doubt, undermining the foundations of our already outdated civilization. See, we, we need to put the old world order behind us, the age of Pisces, which Jesus ushered in. This is what occultists teach. And we need to usher in the new world order that Maitreya is going to usher in. The new Christ. The new Messiah. The new Imam Mahdi. The new Krishna. The new fifth Buddha. He's the one. Really not the new, but the is what he claims to be. Nevertheless, we are faced with an opportunity without precedent to redirect the path of our planet towards world a world of abundance, peace and balance. 
We, and only we, the citizens of this planet, have the responsibility and opportunity to change the course of history. You notice one of the big themes always you'll see prevalent in these types of writings is this self-centered mankind approach that we're the only ones that can do it. They look to know... They don't look to the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't look to Father they, Father God. They don't look to any of that. They look at what they can do in and of themselves, which is pride. The exopolitics paradigm is the paradigm of the 21st century in which life does not end in a geospatial orbit. Now, Taylor, I want you to use that phrase a little bit more, geospatial orbit, if you could kind of incorporate that into your vernacular quiver. Sorry, just a little joke there. Anyway, as it was understood until now, but life extends way beyond that orbit. In other words, it extends way beyond our the orbit of Earth. Uh... This fact profoundly changes our current understanding of life. In other words, if there's life in other places other than Earth, then it's going to profoundly impact uh, our understanding of life, transforming the foundations of our civilizations. As Alfred L. Weber asserts, quote, the truest conception of our human circumstance may be that we are on an isolated planet in the midst of of a populated, evolving, most I always got to work the evolving stuff in, a populated, evolving, highly organized, interplanetary, intergalactic, multidimensional universe society. That's what we are, everybody. We're just part of this big, big universe, and we're, we've just been isolated, or, or and, and we've got all of these alien races interacting below the Earth, above the Earth, in galaxies far, far away. We're just one little part of that little cog. Can you see how quickly someone could get off biblical standards if they started to buy into this? I mean, you're, you, if, if you believe that one statement alone, all of a sudden you can't help but start questioning the Bible, right? If you start to believe it, if this is true, there exists enough evidence to support it. And this has many and profound implications in our civilization right here on Earth. Nations like France, England, Ireland, Denmark, Ecuador, Mexico, Brazil, Peru, Chile, among others, have and are declassifying their files on unidentified flying objects. They're already doing this in other countries, in other words. They're already declassifying. Why? Because they're preparing us. Hollywood or Hollywood, sorry, is preparing us through their movies, through all of the condition of media, through the video games, through books, you name it, through channelings, through demonic apparitions. But the church isn't being prepared very much, from what I can see. They're not being prepared. They're just ignoring it. Oh, it'll just go away. Yeah, they're devoting all this energy to this, and nothing's going to come of it ultimately. Nah. Well, I'd rather err on the side of safety and be prepared. Statements from the spokesman of, a Jap- of the Japanese government in which he concedes that he definitely believes in UFOs. Uh, that was from 9-12-07, he said that. The Vatican recently, uh, let's see, it was 5 of 08, 
the Vatican declared that the Christian faith, like they represent the Christian faith, they represent the devil. That's the only thing the Catholics represent. The devil. Satan. They're the largest pseudo-Christian cult on the planet. They teach salvation by works, by keeping the seven sacraments. It's an abomination in the sight of God. And I've done several teachings on Catholicism. That's where I lose a lot of people. I'll have somebody listening to me. I'm sure it just probably happened now. They're listening to me and they're all with me and then they find out I'm, I'm anti-Catholic. And they're like, oh, how dare you speak out against the mother church. Sorry. I'm sorry. I speak out against Mother Gaia all the time. You know. You're the mother of harlots. It's about the only thing you're the mother of. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know what? That church is... That church has slaughtered millions of my Christian brothers and sisters during the Inquisition alone. We're supposed to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. We're supposed to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness and to have no fellowship with them and make them manifest. We're supposed to mark them that cause division and offense is contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly or their own carnal, fleshly desires. And by good words and fair speeches, deceive the hearts of the simple. That's what the Catholic Church does. By good words and fair speeches, they deceive the hearts of the simple and damn them to hell. That's what their goal is. That was Romans 16, verse 17 and 18, the last thing I quoted. I take offense at that. I am righteously indignant. I want as many Catholics as possible to go to heaven. I want them to get saved. I don't want them to go to hell. But do I love them enough to tell them the truth? Well, Galatians 4.16 says, I might therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth. If you've been caught in that cult, the truth's not going to be uh, something you want to hear. And understand, people that get righteously indignant that are involved in these cults, what is that? Is it them? No, it's the demons that are infesting them, that are deceiving them, that are causing this anger. Well, hey, not only that, hey, I've got my whole life invested in this cult. It can't be wrong. I got too much in this in this cult bank account here, my Catholic cult bank account. I got too much invested in it. They got their whole lives invested in these things. It's generational from from a lot of standpoints. It's, it's like that for any belief system, if you think about it, whether you believe in UFOs or your, the little green men or your gods or Hinduism or Buddhism. The longer you stay in something, the harder it is to get out because you become more demonically controlled and infested the longer you stay in it. And it's a pride issue. I, I got all this invested. I can't go out now. And then if your whole family's in it, then, oh, no, I'll have the reproach of my family. I can't do that. Well, you got to choose whom this day you're going to serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, as Joshua said. I was deceived at one time. I didn't get saved till I was 24. I grew up in a new age environment, rock and roll, you know, went to a Catholic high school, Lutheran middle school, public element. I mean, I, I was exposed to a lot of stuff. So I'm not saying I'm better. I just praise the Lord I got saved to the Lord Jesus Christ. So if we go further, I'm reading from this article. It says, The Vatican. I love it when they speak on behalf of Christianity. I just love it. I just warms my warms my heart. They say the the Vatican says declares that the Christian faith does not impede believing in extraterrestrials. In other words, the the Christian faith according to the devil Catholic cult, according to the 
Pope, our faith doesn't impede the believing of in extraterrestrials. Yeah, they're really preparing their followers for the coming deception. Yeah, they're going to be part of it. And most of the churches you watch, all of these 501c3 entities that are serving Baal and in it for the filthy lucre and mammon, I'm not saying all, but I'm saying a lot of them. And the bigger they are, the more likely they're going to do this. They're going to jump ship and they're going to get on this whole bandwagon. However the Antichrist chooses to make his great appearance, if it's through this thing with Maitreya I talked about and Benjamin Crown, whether it's through some... I guarantee you the UFO thing in Maitreya is going to play some part in it. Okay, They're going to jump on that bandwagon, most likely. They're going to show their true colors. Because we're all going to be tested. Myself included. I'm not trying to hold them to a higher accountability than I would hold myself. Acting like I'm all holier than thou and sanctimonious to think I'm better. I'm not saying that. I'm including myself in that assessment. But it says, yeah, the Christian faith doesn't impede believing in extraterrestrials. And again, they're, they're giving no, no biblical explanation whatsoever. You know, How do you reconcile that with the Bible? We're going to talk about that later. Astronauts like Dr. Edgar Mitchell states before the press that there has already been contact with extraterrestrials. Um, he said that in 7 of 08... He's saying it. This is an astronaut. A lot of astronauts are coming out now saying this. Is this part of the propaganda that we're seeing? We're going we're gonna to look at that in depth just coming up. And we've got some big names out there coming out saying this stuff. He stated before the press that there's already been contact with extraterrestrials. There's an astronaut. Personalities like Nick Pope declared to the international press that in the 1980s the British government issued combat pilots with orders to shoot down at UFOs with no success in any of their attempts. That was on January 26, 2009 they said that. We could continue with numerable news from around the world's globe, around the globe, uh, that will clearly indicate that it is that an important change is taking place on the subject of extraterrestrial life. But we're but a step away from discovering that we are not alone in the universe and that we have never been. During the last step in the middle of the great social and planetary challenges we abjure, the exopolitics paradigm can contribute with many tools. Now remember, exopolitics, this dialogue between humanity and these supposed ET entities, extraterrestrial, this exopolitics paradigm can contribute with many tools and resources to redirect the course of our history to a place of abundance, peace, and harmony. Sounds like the same rhetoric that Maitreya is spewing. Oh, we need to go into this, you know, age of Aquarius so that we can have peace, love, joy, and all, and it's going to be the exact opposite of that. Now, of course, the devil's going to come as a man of peace. He's probably going to be the very one that supposedly straightens out World War III and gets everybody playing nice. If it's, if it's somebody like Maitreya who claims to be the Messiah, the Imam Mahdi, the fifth Buddha, Krishna, the Messiah, he's everything to all religions, he could pull that off, right? I mean, if he can get people to buy into it. Not everybody's going to buy into it, but if the masses do, and it, it's going to happen in one way, shape, or form. So, 
Because of this, uh, the exopolitics paradigm entails a leap of consciousness from which to offer tools and resources that we can resolve many of the problems we face. See, what the New Agers and what the alien people that the tinfoil hat wears are doing is they're taking this subject incredibly seriously because they know it's coming. The average church, on the other hand, is doing nothing. They're having gigantic conferences. They're getting people that are of the highest levels in politics, in Nassau, in like Lockheed, as we saw. We're getting them, they're getting them to come forward and to make all of these statements to prepare humanity. The lukewarm church, on the other hand, is doing just about nothing to prepare for this. They're going to look much smarter when this all goes down than the average churchgoer or the average whatever the, the, the church really has been silent on this issue. Okay? We know deception's coming. I mean, come on. Deception is going to be the earmark of the age, that we're, of, of the time that we're going into. It's going to be the norm. Jesus Christ said in Matthew 24, Be not deceived. Many will come in my name saying, I am Christ. Go and follow not after them. What's one of the things Matreya says? He says, he says he is the Christ. But there's going to be many antichrists, small a antichrist. There's going to only be one antichrist, capital A, the antichrist. So, these, along with many other topics, will be presented in the European Exopolitics Summit 2009, Barcelona. And again, you can go watch some of these. I'm not telling you to immerse yourself in this garbage, but uh, the most convincing evidence on the extraterrestrial presence will be exposed and the implications and consequences of such a reality will be analyzed. And one of the, the things they're just salivating about and so happy about is that they know when all this stuff breaks... It's going to them be the final proof that Christianity is a total lie, and that it and, and that it's all the Bible and all this thing with Jesus all a lie. He was just an ascended master. He was one of one of the. We've just misinterpreted it. The Bible was just created through the Catholic Church to control men. These are the lies that are being spewed. I've dealt I've dealt with all the subjects separately. That is one of the reasons they are so wanting this. Because it disproves in their eyes the Bible. And that means they don't have to answer to a holy God when, when this life is over. They just do whatever they want to do. Or maybe they go rule with Satan. Or maybe they think they go to Nirvana or Paradise or wherever. This next thing is called the Disclosure Project. This ties in with what we just talked about. And it's going to tie in with the next article. I wanted to give you these two articles first and then into the next piece. The Disclosure Project is an organization started by Stephen M. Greer in 1993, which alleges a U.S. US government cover-up of information relating to UFOs. The project claims that UFOs are spacecraft piloted by intelligent extraterrestrial life, and that the United States government has kept this secret. The project claims that the government has also concealed advanced energy technologies obtained from the aliens that are being suppressed and hidden in top-secret black projects in order to not upset the world geopolitical power and energy sector financial status quo and its oil industry special interest. Remember what I just said? 
now this is an independent guy saying the exact same thing. I understand he's a he's wanting this alien disclosure. The main reason, if you hear these guys interviewed, the main reason they want disclosure most of the time is for the technology. They will sell their souls as long as they can have the technology. They believe that that's going to be the savior of humanity. See, they can't accept Jesus Christ coming back. Or they can't accept Jesus Christ's finished work on the cross to save their souls. But they can accept alien technology being their savior. In essence, it's their religious belief system. That's their, that's their main motivation. And they believe these good alien entities who have been trying to help us, all this technology has been suppressed by us bad humans, the, the ones, um, particularly the ones in the Black Projects that have suppressed it. And then, maybe other evil alien entities. Remember, there's going to be the good cop, bad cop, alien stuff. We're going to see a lot of that, I believe, in the future. So, going back to this, it says the project's goal is for free and open congressional hearings of all data regarding UFOs, including the large amount of information they claim is being hidden, and for the release of technology they claim is to be suppressed, particularly free energy sources. Free energy are devices that actually create energy out of thin air, and it is possible to do that. Okay, there's many different things that have been discovered, and they all get suppressed. Either they're bought out or the people are killed that invent this stuff. That's usually how it plays out from my research. The Disclosure Project selected most of its witnesses from within military government departments. Now, I, I can remember the uh, that place, the Washington Press Club or whatever, in Washington, D.C. I remember, I can, Stephen Greer spoke there. He's had symposiums there. It's not like they're at the back of some UFO convention doing this stuff. This exopolitics con, uh, convention that just convened, Stephen M. Greer, look at, here's a partial list. I'm going to read you a partial list of some of the people that are involved with this disclosure project. So you can understand the seriousness of the, of the people that are aligning themselves with this. Get this. Nick Pope, British Ministry of Defense official. Astronaut Gordon Cooper. Astronaut Ed, Edgar Mitchell. Monsignor Corrado Balducci, he's deceased, and so is Gordon Cooper, he's deceased. Dr. Carol Rosen, Dan Willis, who is the U.S. Navy Communications Admiral, Lord Hill Norton, five-star admiral, former head of British Ministry of Defense, he's deceased. Gordon Crichton, former British Foreign Service official. Robert, Dr. Robert Wood, McDonnell Douglas aerospace engineer. It's like that guy from Lockheed Skunk Works, well, it's similar. Okay, Dr. Alfred Weber, former senior policy analyst in Stanford Research Institute. Dennis McKenzie, former SAIC employee. Colonel Philip J. Corso, U.S. Army, deceased. Colonel Ross Dedrickson, U.S. Um, U.S. Air Force, retired. Lieutenant Walter Haught, U.S. Navy. Dr. Hal Putoff. Dr. Eugene Maloff, Lieutenant Colonel Thomas E. Bearden, U.S. Army, retired. John Callahan, FAA, Head of Accidents and Investigations, FAA. Larry Warren, Security Officer, RAF Bentwaters, Woodbridge, NATO. 
Major George A. Filler III, U.S. Air Force, retired. John Maynard, Defense Intelligence Secretary, retired. Captain Robert Salas, U.S. Air Force, SAC Launch Controller. Don Phillips, U.S. Air Force, Lockheed Skunk Works, Design Engineer, CIA Contractor, worked with J Kelly Johnson. Lieutenant Colonel Charles Brown, U.S. Air Force, retired. Uh, Office of Special Investigations. Mark McCandish, U.S. Air Force, conceptual artist for the Rockwell X-30 and HISTEP programs. James Kopf, U.S. Navy, NSA, Crypto Communications. Major General Valesi Alexiev, Russian Air Force. The complete list of people supporting the project, as well as a summary of the transcriptions of their individual witness testimonies, are available in the Executive Summary and Briefing Document section on the project's homepage. Now, I give you a link here um, where you can go, you can ultimately get to their homepage if you want to see it. This sounds pretty serious to me. You know. I don't know about you, but it kind of does to me. I'm seeing here if I've got... I know I've got an, at least another part here. Uh, let's go ahead and go to part three. And uh, we'll start from there. I'll, I'll try to get this in in three parts, but it might go four.